On this episode of the Trade Busters podcast, we're going to look at the topic of rolling and whether or not the practice can really help keep the dream alive. Before we start, the usual disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor, so everything on this podcast is for informational purposes only and not to be construed as investment advice. Now, rolling is a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for quite some time because it usually ends up being such a hot button topic and a from what I view as a big source of kind of um, misinformation and confusion, especially for new traders, because it's one of those things that has a kind of allure to it. You know, even the whole phrase, uh, keeping the dream alive, and I'm sure you've heard on, on Tasty Trade, for example, the idea of you can roll for credit or that you can uh, somehow extend your positions so that you can kind of... Uh, uh, live to fight another day or hold on until the position becomes a winner, etc. So uh, first of all, let's look at what exactly rolling is, and then we'll get into you know, why people do it and why I think people shouldn't do it and, and you know, kind of different practices and considerations for when you might actually want to do something, you know, involved with rolling, for example. So rolling basically is just a uh, closing an existing position and opening a new one now that's often done in a single operation you know you can go to your broker and set up an order um, that basically has on the same ticket closing the position you have and opening a new one and um, some terminology when you're rolling up a position that's usually bring the strike closer to the money um, uh, conversely rolling down the position is basically rolling it further from the money. So you can roll it up or you can roll it down. So up is closer to the money, down is further from the money. And then there is the uh, term rolling out. And that's basically rolling out further in time. So if you have a position, you know, you often hear something, especially in Tasty Trade, if you have a position that's 21 days to expiration, you might roll it out to something that is further, like that's 45 days. So you can roll it down and out, you can roll it up and out. Um, but basically, or you can roll it at the same strike, right? You don't have to change the strike. You could just change the the duration, right? Basically taking, you know, let's say you have your short the 300 put option on something. You can roll it out to 300 um, put at 21 days, roll it out to the 300 put at 45 days, for example. So rolling, again, is basically closing one position and then opening a new one. So why do this? So first of all, Depending on, uh, and to be clear, I'm generally speaking, it's easier, and I'm probably speaking in the context of rolling naked options, but of course you can roll spreads, um, but sometimes the mechanics don't work quite the same. You might not be able to roll for a credit, for example, or it's just kind of more difficult because there's so many legs of the, um, if you think about it, you know, closing and opening one is basically two legs, right? Two-legged operation. If you roll a spread, that becomes a four-legged operation. Um, and then if you have like a, a complex position like an iron condor, then trying to roll that out basically becomes an eight-legged. Um, I'm not even sure most brokers can support an eight-legged ticket, right? So you have to kind of leg in, you know, roll the put side out and the call side out, for example. But the reason to do it is um, on the surface, if you take a you know, a, a plain put option at whatever strike, right, 300, for example, and you roll it out further in time, right, you're buying one closed at 
you know, 300 and rolling and selling a further one s still at the 300 strike. So, you know, regardless of what the market's doing, where the option is, um, for the most part anyways, um, if you're taking something and you're selling it the same strike further out in time, you're basically gonna buy something that's priced at, you know, price X and uh, most likely selling it for, you know, a higher price, right? So, you know, it could be X plus one or X plus two. So you're essentially gonna, you know, buy to close the option and sell to open another one. And you're gonna have basically a net credit, right? Because whatever you sold for is worth more than the one you bought back. So this idea of being able to sell something and roll it for a net credit is basically what's so alluring. And then in certain cases, if you're as long as you're rolling it out in time, right? Even if you roll, you know, further from the money, there is still a chance to roll for a credit. It may not be as big of one. But this idea of the net credit is kind of what newer traders, myself included, um, who was learning options, especially following Tasty Trade, was kind of drawn to because it, it gives you this sense that you are, you know, extending the trade, uh, giving yourself more time to be right, so to speak and being paid for it, right? And that's the idea of you know, keeping the dream alive, staying in the trade, and still collecting a credit, right? And that's what, it almost seems like magic because not only do you not have to admit that something is wrong um, and you can just kind of cover it up and move on or you know, hold on longer and you know, get paid, right? So that if that position you know, moves back in your favor or recovers, not only you know, do you have the chance to make back what you lost, you might even have the chance back to make more than you were originally intending, right? So again, there's something really kind of alluring and powerful about that. But the problem that you know most people don't focus on is that, yes, you might be getting a net credit in your account, like you see, you literally see the cash balance increasing, right? But remember that these positions, you know, it's holding a certain amount of buying power. There's a certain impact to your your net liquidity um, and to the margin required. So if you put out a position, right, and it's moving against you, you're gonna show a paper loss, right? Um, and so I don't want there to be an illusion that just because you rolled out and you collected a credit, that somehow that negated the loss or that somehow you're not realizing, right? Because remember, literally you have closed one position and open a new one and in the act of doing so like you, you've literally realized the loss on the on the old position right and so yes even if you're have a new position in its place and if you want to do some mental counting and kind of track that as oh like it's the same position because i intend to wait until this one recovers whatever and like maybe you don't want to log it like you're gonna log a group of you know rolled positions as an aggregate and there's nothing wrong with that per se, but as long as you recognize that the act of rolling in and of itself has not magically increased your account balance or made that loss neutralized in any way, at least at that moment in time, right? So if if a, a trade moved against you and you were showing a marked loss, you know, unrealized loss of 100 bucks, per se, so you your account was $10,000 and now you're down 100 bucks, right? Net liquidity. Rolling does not all of a sudden make that okay, right? Even if you rolled it for a net credit, if you rolled it for a hundred dollars credit, right? That doesn't somehow mean that your account net liquidity gained a hundred dollars, right? You're not gonna magically see that account balance jump, right? Again, because even though the cash is in your account, 
the position that you were holding originally that moved against you, you've locked in that loss, right? And selling the new position and collecting more credit doesn't do anything, at least in the moment, to fix that. So you still have to wait for the new position to go in your favor or you know, show an um, unrealized gain that first offsets your original unrealized loss, right, to break even. And then if you want to hold that one further, you can recognize that, you know, a realized profit that's, you know, realized profit net of what is essentially two trades, right? So the idea is most people, first, they want to roll because they think that, um, even if it's incorrect, that somehow it is going to avoid a loss, okay? So remember, a loss, even a paper one, is still a loss. If your account balance is down, your account balance is down. It, it doesn't magically erase that. All you're doing is replacing with the second trade that hopefully can make up for the first one, okay? And the other thing is rolling as a way to manage exposure um, because when you roll out, and especially um, well, if you roll out the same strike and roll something out, right, you're going to reduce the delta just because of the way that delta and the gamma curve um, and, and the option chain works, right? So if you have an option that's, you know, getting closer to the money, maybe the deltas went up. If you roll that, you know, down and out, you can reduce the delta exposure, right? So you can reduce the gamma exposure. So those are okay. Those are true, regardless of whether or not you think you somehow magically kept the trade from losing. I mean, you do, in fact change the exposure so that is that is a a good reason and an okay one to consider rolling now the thing is you know when should you do it um you generally want to do some kind of rolling or managing the exposure kind of before things get too kind of out of whack like let's say you have a trade and let's say you typically put on a trade at i don't know 16 delta or whatever and you like to manage your exposure if the trade's moving against you and the trade maybe goes to 30 delta and you want to you know kind of roll out as a way to bring the delta down or whatever you know those typically you want to do that before you know things get too out of hand or you, you just want to have a kind of a plan in place and don't just do it willy-nilly um, but again i think the the point is that to recognize that nothing really magically happens when you know, in that moment when you roll it, you know, as far as the win, all you're really doing is replacing the trade with the new one. So what you want to consider is like, do you really even want to be in that trade anymore, right? So if you had a assumption or a thesis on a particular position or a ticker, uh, and you wanted to express that opinion originally, you know, with an options trade, if that thing moves against you, and you want to extended um, don't do it just because you think it's a good way to hold on right you have to think about whether or not that new trade is something you would actually want to be in and this is one of those tricky things where like you know people who say okay if I if I roll it to the same strike right I've gotten paid for example because it's a net credit and I don't have to recognize the loss right number one that is Again, I've already said the fact that you don't think you're recognizing the loss is already a fallacy. Um, but beyond that, think about the exposure of the new trade, right? So let's say you started, again, you know, a trade at 16 delta. Now, let's say somehow it went at the money, right? So you have a huge marked loss. Now you're at 50 delta, right? 
So you might have sold the option at a dollar and now it's, I don't know, $5 to close it. So if you rolled out, you close it for $5, you know, so you've, you're down $4 net, and you sold the option for $7, right? So let's say you extend it and, and now you have another net $2 credit. So great, it looks like you got more credit, but your new position, if it's still at the money, it's still 50 delta, right? So you're still sitting, you, you've just exchanged one position that's kind of risky because you're now at the money for another one that arguably might be more risky because it's still at 50 delta and now you've added, you know, 21, 30 days or whatever it is, right? So the fact that you got that net credit I mean, that's true that it pads your downside break-even point or whatever it is, and you have more credit, you know, if the trade works against, uh, no, sorry, works in your favor again. But in that moment in time, number one, you have not, you know, magically gotten $200 net in your account, right? Because that new position is still holding, you know, that, that net liquidity. And number two, your exposure to the risk, to that underlying is still pretty much the same. You're still in the same risky position. So one thing you kind of want to ask yourself is like, let's say you didn't have that original position, right? Would you sell that new one? Would you go and sell an at the money, you know, option of that underlying? Man, most of the time it's probably no, right? So you don't want to like uh, go out of the frying pan into the fire, so to speak, just kind of one bad position to another. Now there's certain instances like, Depending on the trading style, like Tasty Trade, for example, the idea of keeping the dream alive and managing losers and trying to get them into winners, that in and of itself is not incorrect per se, but what most people don't recognize, and I'll probably do an episode just on Tasty Trade um, and their methodology, and I've written an essay on this, by the way, so you can go to the, the essays linked on my trading page to, to take a look at that in the meantime, but you have to be pretty well capitalized. If you're, if you have a small account and you're trading at a size where, you know, you can only trade like five positions, 10 positions, right? You actually can't afford to hold any one position for too long if it starts moving against you because that could sink your, your net leak by quite a bit percentage-wise, right? You might have a big drawdown from holding onto one of these positions because again, you're holding a position and it's just possibly increasing the risk exposure if you're trying to roll something as it moves against you, especially if it's at the same strike. So for one, um, recognizing that you're, you're not reducing your risk really. Um, and the idea of keeping the dream alive is it can get kind of dangerous if your positions are too big relative to how much capital you have, right? If, you, if you're able to have enough capital to trade, you know, 40, 50 positions or whatever, then sure, any one position may not pose that big of a threat to your overall count. And that is the time when it, you know, it may be okay, right? You need to combine that with sort of the bankroll management, the money management, if you want to use a rolling approach. So again, I want people to recognize that it's just rolling, recognizing for what it is, the fact that you're closing in one position and opening a new one. So just thinking about whether or not you actually want to be in that new one, whether or not that makes sense uh, from the portfolio standpoint, from your original assumption or your thesis on, on that position, right? And understanding the risk involved, like when it's actually helping and when it really isn't helping, 
and whether or not your account or the the way you're trading is really suitable right so recognizing like what you want to get out of um that trade and what you're trying to deal with it. and for one i think you may even just stepping back and kind of realizing what you want to do in terms of your strategy and you know rolling in and of itself may not be always appropriate right so don't just do it because you've heard that it's something you do um, or that you can somehow and, and don't focus so much on the net credit either remember the net credit is something it's kind of a mental accounting thing where again if you're managing multiple positions and you can afford to hold on and you can use it to track you know kind of the break-even point of a, of a certain group of positions or whatever that's okay but you know that takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of again capital to really help manage that because sometimes you just don't have time if one if one big trade's gonna give you a huge drawdown it's probably better just to close it and move on especially if it's a you're like doing an earnings trade or something right you see a, a huge move and sometimes it's better just to cut the loss and get out of there um or something like zero dte um i don't think personally rolling in zero DTE in terms of rolling out in time, rolling up and down is, is a different thing. Um, that's tough too because zero DTE moves very quickly. But if you think about zero DTE, like for one, um, people trade zero DTE because this is something where they think, uh, you know, there's no gap risk. So you, you don't have to hold a position overnight. Um, and which is, you know, obviously one of the benefits of that. But if you then decide, hey, I don't want to cut a loss, you know, take this loss on zero DT, I'm going to roll out, for example. Like you've just taken a trade with no gap risk and added gap risk, right? And, you know, I've said this on the previous episodes before, but people first don't realize how much leverage actually is achievable with zero DTE. Um, and so once you've, uh, and, and sometimes the fact that there's no, gap risk kind of keeps that leverage at bay because you don't you don't recognize that full gamma risk right because there isn't that gap um but once you roll out right you've taken that position with you know already a lot of gamma but at least no gap risk to something that has gap risk so it, it can easily just blow you out of the water if it moves against you the next day then then next time you have you know no time to react at all right so you're taking you know just two different types of trades right? you're taking one this regime of intraday trading and just be adding that gap risk and it doesn't make any sense right so for example that's one of those instances where like i, I think rolling out is just kind of a big no-no um because like you just you're just totally changing um kind of the the risk profile of that trade right so just a few examples again of things i want to touch on so remember you know what rolling is um why you might want to do it benefits that you can get um and reasons not to do it and um kind of recognizing that it's not going to solve every problem in fact most of the time it doesn't do anything in the moment it's really about repositioning the trade if that's something you still want to be in and recognizing what the exposure is and what the consequence consequences are of doing that okay so let's leave it there for today um, as always, if you guys enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also visit my trading page at www.thetradebusters.com where you will find all of the strategy mechanics and trade logs as well as various essays I've written and other podcasts I recommend. Finally, you can follow me on Twitter at The Trade Buster. That's it for today. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.